0: What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Stella Ray Herself podcast. I hope everyone is having a great week. I feel honestly really good today. I slept really good. I don't know if I said it in a, the last podcast, but I feel like my sleeps, my sleeping has just been really off this year. Usually, I'm such a good sleeper. I would say, I don't know. Let me know if you can relate, but I feel like when I'm around people, it could be literally... One of my best friends. It could be my, I don't know, my sister, I can usually sleep around her, but it could literally be anyone. And I feel like I can just never really sleep as well when I'm like next to somebody or even in the same room with somebody. Again, it depends on who it is and I guess like the situation. Have you guys seen that TikTok where it's like the sound where. I don't know. People are like, me when I'm sober, the pH of this soil is just not enough. And then it's like me when I'm fucked up. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah, concrete. Point is, I've been sleeping really good these past couple nights. Oh, well, the point of that was to say that usually like by myself, you know, when I'm just having a normal sleep, I sleep really good, which I'm grateful for. But this year, you know, it's just been a really stressful, chaotic year. And I feel like I've been having a lot more bad dreams. And again, I know I've talked about this. And I'm sure some of you can relate, which is why I bring it up. But these past couple nights, I've just slept so good. Like slept throughout the night, had just regular dreams, not bad dreams. It's just been really good. I really feel like when I was little, I would always have nightmares. And now, I mean, now it's like sometimes, but, you know, now I normally don't. And, you know, some people really do get super into dreams and the significance of certain symbols in your dreams. I just feel like it is important to kind of pay attention if you can. And I feel like it's not always necessarily like this magical thing, but more so just what your subconscious is remembering or picking up on or thinking about. And it's just a sign that maybe that area of your life needs light shed on it. So if you're always having nightmares, it's like what kind of stress is going on in your dream it's not necessarily like oh this object that appeared in my dream means something like maybe it could but I just think you know it's more about the overall tone it's just something good to pay attention to and yeah I just really noticed it for me because again I'm not really someone who has nightmares that much and I think that's a really good thing but yeah this whole year I've just definitely been having a lot more stress dreams so it's like it makes sense because life has been a little weird and stressful So anyway, hope you guys have been sleeping okay. And I think if you're not sleeping okay, you know, something to pay attention to. But things that have helped me, you know, when it's been a couple nights where I either haven't slept that good or, you know, have just had stressful dreams or something, I really just try to go back to having a kind of strict routine of not being on my phone like an hour before bed and just kind of slowly unwinding from the day. So taking a warm shower, using like a lavender body lotion, using lavender essential oil, like putting it on pressure points, spraying a little lavender spray in my room, setting the diffuser to the sleep time scent, doing some relaxing restorative yoga poses, drinking a chamomile tea. I really do try to stay away from even like CBD or melatonin or any kind of supplement if I because it's like I would just I don't want to get into the habit of that not that it's necessarily addicting but I feel like things can just be very habit forming and I just personally don't want to be like I can't sleep without my CBD even though it's not like a hard drug but still you know I try to save that for when I'm when I actually need it like if I wake up in the night and I can't go back to sleep because it really does work um but yeah all of those things really help You know, that just makes such a difference in my sleeping than if I just am on my phone, maybe just wash my face, get into bed, I'm still on my phone, and then put my phone down and just try to close my eyes. Like the difference between those two routines (laughs) is crazy. So if you're having trouble sleeping, I don't I don't even really plan to talk about this, but we're just gonna let the conversation flow, you know? But that's what I've been doing. And all of that is just to say that I feel really good today and just rested. And I feel like it's always, like, right after my period, I just always, every month, I'm so shook at how different I feel at the different stages of my cycle, because overall, I think of myself as someone that's so grounded, and I try to just be, like, reasonably minded, and I'm not really someone that is super emotional. Like, I'm not a water sign, okay, no offense, but, you know, I have a lot of earth in my chart, I'm just like chilling so I guess to just be aware of how my body feels like last week I was so tired every day I felt like I needed to take a three-hour nap in the middle of the day every day and I was like what is wrong with me like and it's like I knew that I was about to get my period but I was still just like you know it's like what am I lazy now like what happened why do I not feel motivated and then you know I get my period it ends and then I'm like oh my god I feel so good recently like damn what have I been doing differently and it's just just hormones. It still amazes me every month. Um, But I think it's just good to pay attention to how your body feels. And I'm just so, I mean, I feel like I've always kind of been aware of that because my mom has always just really taught me that and always had a very holistic approach to, I guess, health. Um, But I'm also just really grateful that out of quarantine came this new lifestyle, new hobby, new new routine of just doing yoga so much more regularly pretty much every day for these past few months pretty much every day um and just how much better it's made me feel because it's something that I knew would make me feel good but it's just something I would always put off like oh yeah I'll get to that or like I would come home from a workout be like oh like even just stretching like oh I should stretch and then oh well I'll get to that you know I'm hungry I want to take a shower I'm sweaty whatever but now just actually taking the time every day to do it even if it's a 15 minute yoga with adrian video it just makes you feel so much better i feel like my posture has gotten better i feel just more in tune with my body i feel less it's weird because i want to say i feel less anxiety but i guess i would just say that i feel more aware of anxiety how it feels my body and just how powerful I guess I am, and my breath is, yeah, I've just been doing a lot more of that, and a lot more meditation, and it's just, it's like, (laughs) wow, it really works. (laughs) And it's like, obviously, I know this, but to actually do it, and especially after doing it regularly for a few months, you know, it's not just like, I feel like sometimes I would have a week, excuse the sirens, a week where I'd be super into it, and then I'd stop, But now it's just something that it's like, my day doesn't feel complete unless I do it. I will say, I know I've said it, and I know I've said it since the beginning, but regardless of all of the the bad and the societal (laughs) breakdown and the realization of scams and the revolution that is happening, you know, I am... I don't know. I just don't want to sound like a dumbass bitch, but I guess just the little things in my day-to-day routine that have changed over the course of this year, you know, I'm grateful for some of them, like this. I guess it's more so from the perspective of, okay, I had certain a certain idea, a certain vision of how this year was going to go, and it's not that. So I guess just adapting and being flexible, going with the flow... And I don't know, I remember saying that one, or thinking, I don't know if I ever talked about it, but one of my goals this year was just to enjoy my life more, because I feel like last year I did have a lot of fun, but a lot of that was also spent just like, just stressing out and feeling guilty for going out, feeling guilty for spending money, feeling like, oh my god, like... Oh, I shouldn't like be doing this, you know. I should be working, like the grind. And I just really wanted to enjoy this year. And even though it's not really necessarily the imagery that I imagined, I'm, I think, finding myself in other ways. Like by doing a yoga practice daily. Would that have necessarily happened if 2020 was the different category of movie we thought it was going to be? So I just always try to change my perspective, and I try to do that, but I try to also not be a dumbass bitch in the sense of, like, you can create your own reality. It's like, okay, yeah, obviously, you're, like, a privileged white bitch. Like, obviously, you can. (laughs) Is that too much to say? I don't know, but you know what I mean? I saw this... Let me see if I saved it, but I saw this little Instagram carousel it's like this little chart and on the left it's like if someone says this tell yourself or tell them this and one of the things was if you raise your vibration you won't attract this energy which i feel like is such a classic thing for like you know <laughs> bitches like me to say or just you know all the i don't know i feel like it was more 20 a few years ago but there's definitely still people who capitalize off of this just raise your vibration law of attraction how to attract anything you want you just have to change your mindset and while part of that is true there's also things in our society and like just certain systems in place that prevent people from doing that you know it's like if the whole system is against you if this if the government if literally everything is working against you how are you supposed to just like you dee dee dee? <laughs> If you just use this crystal, maybe you wouldn't be dealing with systemic racism. Um, If someone says, if you raise your vibration, you won't attract this energy. Tell yourself that those who perpetuate racism should raise their vibrations. Or like if someone says, don't put too much focus into negative things like that. Tell yourself that acknowledging what took place is healthy for me. You can fully heal from this if you do the inner work. I may fully heal if we work to dismantle racism. What you experienced is here to teach you. This was not a lesson that I deserve to learn. You are responsible for your reality. I am not responsible for my experience with racism. So I just thought this was super... I don't know. I just... I'm like, thank you. Because I have kind of thought this before. Like, okay, I know that some of these ideas, you know... First of all, don't apply to everyone. And then also... You know, it's like there's a time and a place. Especially a lot of... People whose brands are, you know, it's like they're usually white and their brands are just like, good vibes. Use these crystals, it'll help you. And it's like, like, I feel you, but don't be ignorant. Like, yeah, it works for you because the system works with you. And just to see the, like, tell yourself... Part was really helpful, so I will link this post down below, just so you guys can look at it for yourself. I feel like it's relevant, and I think it also sheds light on the fact that just because someone isn't blatantly racist or a white supremacist doesn't mean that what they're saying or you know just their reaction to events that are occurring in the history that has happened, especially in the United States, it doesn't mean that it's not still not harmful. If you say to someone. If you raise your vibration, you want to attract this energy, you know, from the eyes of that person, they might, the person saying that, they might think like, oh no, I'm helping this person, you know, they just seem like they're in a really negative place, but it's like you're not understanding the entire context and the history and just, you know, your place in society versus what they've had to go through, so it's actually very harmful and ignorant and just kind of dismisses their experience, you know, you're not... Open to learning. You're like, well, your experience isn't like mine. How come? Like, maybe if you just changed your thoughts, you could be more like me. And again, it's not blatant racism, but it it still is. You know, you're not, you think that you're being positive and helpful, but you're not. And especially as someone who, you know, I definitely have talked about the law of attraction and manifestation. And you guys know that, like, I do believe in that a lot, but then I really just try to be aware of how I speak about that. And That's why I I feel like I just don't even really talk about it that much these days because I just feel like it can come across as very ignorant and very just dumb. I don't want to be a dumb bitch, personally. (laughs) Everyone's experience in life is different and not everyone has the same resources that I'm just going to say that I have. And so for me to just say, oh, well, you should just manifest it, you know, it's kind (laughs) of... Shut up. Just shut up. What should we talk about next? Should we talk about Cancer Season, Mercury Retrograde, or should we talk about this book? Let's talk about Cancer Season, and then we'll come back to, you know, the world. So it's officially Cancer Season. I am a Cancer Venus and Mars, so I feel you. But Cancer is a sign. It's a water sign. And it... Cancer is interesting. I used to think that, like, I loved Cancers, and, like, part of me does... But also part of me is like, can you guys chill? Like, oh my God, chill out. My sister's a Cancer, so I grew up with a Cancer. And I think everyone in my immediate family has Cancer in their top three. So either in their sun, their moon, or the rising. And then I have it in my Venus and Mars, so it's just a little bit lighter, but mostly I have Earth in my chart and then I'm a Leo. So you can understand how that feels to just be surrounded by all this emotional energy and you're honestly just trying to relax. Okay the sign of cancer is a crab so you have to think of you know this kind of emotional very water being but then they have this protective shell around them so if you offend a cancer they will close up they will go in their shell they will be like fuck you like put up a wall (laughs) like i remember i went on a date with this cancer guy and this was when i still i don't know i feel like i used to really just only like water signs like oh my god i was like obsessed (laughs) i've kind of learned since i'm like okay maybe not but I went on a date with this cancer guy and he was so he was like six five he was so beautiful but now looking back I'm like something was off but he was a cancer so you know I I enjoy lols you know I I'm not really one to like you know the, the kind of sense of flirtatious humor where you're like mean to someone like sometimes I do that but I'm not like huge on that So I don't know. I just feel like it's very unlikely that I'm going to offend somebody, especially on a first date. You know, I act like that towards close friends, you know, someone I've known for a while. So we were like in this parking garage and there was this, I don't know, like a chain. There was like kind of a little thing that you had to just walk over because we didn't want to walk around. So he like helped me over. And then I just was kind of like strutted towards the car because I wanted to be cute. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, I look so cute right now. Like, yes, I just walked over this effortlessly. Leo, oh my God. And I look back and he's like, actually upset, like lightly, but he's like, why wouldn't you wait for me? Like, oh my God, I can't believe you would just leave me here. And he was serious. And it it wasn't that dramatic, but in that moment, I was just like, this is such a cancer. Like, he's actually offended that I'm just (laughs) trying to do my little Leo walk. That just always sticks out to me. It's like they're sensitive, but like in a weird way. Like they won't necessarily start crying in your face, but they'll like shut them. Just like, they'll just shut you out. They'll be like, wow, like deeply offended. Sorry. I think I talked about this during Pisces season, but out of all the water signs, so Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, Pisces is the only one that doesn't have that protective shell. You know, it's just a fish swimming in water. So Pisces are just going to cry. Whereas, Scorpio and Cancer, like, a crab has claws, crab has a shell, it has things to fight and to protect themselves, and same with the scorpion, you know, it has its tail, it's gonna sting you, it has, like, that, is it a shell? I don't know, I'm not a, what even is a scorpion? It's not a bug, I know the word, I can't think of it, but you know what I mean, it's not just a fish, you know, just swimming in its own tears, (laughs) so... It's weird because they're, like, emotional, but then not necessarily to your face. Also, cancers have a hard time being direct. And, yeah, it's just, like, chill. Like, oh, my God. Sometimes I just can't. Okay. Good aspects of cancers. Why I love cancers. Cancers are very sentimental, which I love. And I feel like any cancer... I feel like I have some of that for sure. Like, I love talking about TBTs. I love just, like... You know when people just get it? I don't know. Maybe you don't get it so you don't understand. But if you get it, you know what I'm talking about. Like when someone just understands the memory and it's not just like, oh, yeah, haha, that happened. But it's like, wow, like, remember, like just inside TBTs, inside jokes, they just go far so back. I love that. You know, cancers will like be so honored when you remember something about them or just remember like little things like that. And I really appreciate that. So I feel like I can relate to cancers in that way. Probably because I have a little bit of it in my chart. But they're also very... Just want to take care of you. And like make sure that you're good. And I can really think of like friends I've had. And then also guys that I've talked to. Or even just guys that I've observed. Like maybe I wasn't talking to them. But my friend was or whatever. You know, they just want to make sure that you're good. And that's also very like appreciated. You know, it's a sign of... It's like the um, their planet, they're associated with the moon, and the moon is like female. So it's kind of a female nurturing sign. A lot of cancers will be very close with their moms, have that kind of like maternal domestic energy, even if they're a male, even if they're a man. You know, want to take care of you, make sure that you're good, you know, take a lot of pride in their home and in their living space, and just want that to be good. So... Cancers honestly have a lot of pros. You know, I may bully y'all. I may not understand y'all at times. I may honestly relate too much with y'all at times. Because, again, I do have it in my chart. But love a cancer, honestly. They can just be very thoughtful, I think. Which I just really appreciate that. But, again, kind of, like, sometimes too emotional or can take things too personally. And it's just, like, please chill so mercury is in cancer right now and mercury is also retrograde so if you don't know mercury what mercury retrograde is by now sis how have we come this far and you still don't know (laughs) but mercury is the sign of communication so when a planet is retrograde all the planets can go retrograde it just means that it appears to be going backwards So, you know, whatever that planet is associated with for Mercury, it's communication, things regarding communication might be just a little off. And I, let me tell you, (laughs) the worst thing happened to me. Okay, like, you know, there's so many TikToks of it too, and I feel like some of them are fake, but when you accidentally send a screenshot to the person that you took the screenshot of, or you send a text to the wrong person, I sent a text to the wrong person, and I, swear i've never done that before i pride myself in just like not doing that because <laughs> again I, I feel like it's a trend to, like i don't know i see so many tiktoks of that and just on insecure she texts you know if you watch molly texts isa but she didn't mean to text isa but it was about isa like right in front of her that happened to me and i was like first of all shocked and horrified but then i was like oh it's Mercury retrograde it literally wasn't even my phone. um but you know it's just something in communication that's just an example <laughs> I'm still so embarrassed about it. Like I, oh my god, um, but that's just an example of something you know, communication being a little off, or you know, electronics, travel, just things like that. And I think the important thing to remember is that like trying to get comfortable, life doesn't stop, so it's not like you have to. You know, they might say, oh, like it's not a good time to sign contracts, but you just have to keep in mind okay, it's Mercury retrograde, let me just double check everything, make sure I really understand this document, or this lease, or this job opportunity, whatever, this, let me really reread my text and see who I'm sending it to before I send it, (laughs) and you'll be fine, like, life doesn't stop, you don't have to be scared, you don't have to be like, oh my god, I feel like especially people who just kind of like, you know, know their sun sign, and that's it, and they're like, oh my God, Mercury retrograde, it's the end of the world. But it's really not. It's just a time of review and reflection and just finishing maybe projects, not starting new projects, but like finishing stuff, getting rid of stuff, going through your closet, just making sure, you know, little spring cleaning. So Mercury is in Cancer right now. And this is from Cosmopolitan, which, as we've learned on the Stellaroid podcast, low key comes through with the astrological facts. That means that this particular Mercury retrograde is picking up cancer can't cancerian oh my god I literally can't read cancerian vibes making you super emotional and pulling your focus to your past your upbringing and how both affect the person you are now and it's funny because mercury retrograde already you know we all know it's like oh my god my ex texted me or this tbt hit me up this tbt is liking my photos but now because it's in cancer this time around It's like extra, you know, you might be thinking about the past, reflecting on the past, because it has kind of like that double vibe of reflection and renewal, but then like a cancer loves a TBT. This transit promises to make the outside world less of a priority because there is a ton of inner work that needs to be done. You're being asked to think about what you need in order to feel safe, secure, and stable. As much as you might want to leave the past in the past... These next few weeks will have you reflecting on circumstances that happened long ago, learning how to remove emotional blockages. It's hard work, but by the time the retrograde is over on July 12th, you'll feel refreshed, lighthearted, and more stable. Bitch. <laughs> so it's a really good time to journal. It's a really good time to, again, focus on how your body feels. Focus on your inner state rather than, you know, we just came from Gemini season, a sociable, Air sign where you want to like do stuff, talk to people, very external, you know, like extroverted, sociable. And now it's like, let's take a chill pill, let's go in, do some reflection. Do you ever just think about how much each season makes sense? You know, we go from that, we go from Gemini season to Cancer season, internal, and then we go to Leo season, fire sign, time to be brazy, celebrate, celebrate his birthday. Then we go to Virgo season, let's get our life, you know, a little bit together, let's organize up in here, and then we go can- Libra season and it's like bitch time to party all over again seasons you know and I think that just it always goes back to you can't be too attached to the moment because it's always going to change the seasons of life and we just have to enjoy it you know I can enjoy I'm able to enjoy I'm allowed to enjoy a sociable Gemini season <laughs> As much as I am, a reflective mercury retrograde cancer season. Both hold equal value even though it's different. You know, we need all of it. We need balance in our life. Otherwise, you know, who would want to be in Gemini season all the time? Who would want to be in cancer? Who would want to be in any season for too long? Except Leo season. (laughs) Just kidding. Because at the end of Leo season, I'm always ready for it to be over. I'm like, please. (laughs) We need some organization. Do you guys remember? (laughs) If you didn't watch this vlog, you have to, but honestly, I forget what it's called, but who watched that vlog of me last year? It was after my Vegas vlog, because I think it was, it was after my birthday, but it was still in Leo season, and I was like vlogging just pretty much every antic. It was like, I think it was a game night antic, and then a brunch antic, and then I went to this day party, but it was just literally that vlog is the definition of Leo season for me because I just, all of my antics happen during that time. And yeah, I think it's partially just because it's summertime and like for a lot of people, that's probably true regardless if they're a Leo or not. <laughs> Leo season is like peak antics. And then, you know, the rest of the year there might be an antic here there, but Leo season, even before I was aware of the correlation, I can think back and it's always Leo season has the most antics for me. (laughs) So let me know, whatever your sign is, let me know if you have the most antics during that season. Not even necessarily related to, like, your specific birthday, but just the season of your sign, like, is it just because my birthday's in the summer and there's uh, just more antics to begin with, or... (laughs) I don't know so just keep that in mind and again you don't have to let astrology control your life like just relax chill you're still your own person but just keeping these things in mind and even if you don't like believe in it there's no harm in just being like okay let's reflect you know there's no harm in it it's fun just enjoy your life so now I'm on chapter four of this book lies my teacher told me I got this book from thrift books but I'm sure you could find it a lot of other places but also a lot of books have been out of stock just because I feel like a lot of people want to educate themselves on things that are going on and whatnot and I think that's really great but that's where I got mine the first chapter was kind of introductory and it was about Helen Keller and Woodrow Wilson so kind of to me, I w- it kind of started off random, but then it made sense. And then chapter two, it starts at Christopher Columbus, and now it's kind of more in a chronological timeline of the events of the United States. So I took a few photos because I didn't really want to, like, I didn't have sticky notes. I didn't really want to, like, mark up this book just because I don't know. Am I going to give it to someone after I'm done? I don't know. But I did want to read a few parts that really stood out to me from the first. I think from chapters two and three, I think one of the main things this book is kind of making me realize is that all of these events, honestly, weren't that long ago. And I think just having that realization, it just makes sense how much everything in our current present day society is affected by all of these past events, which, I mean, obviously, but I think just reading it, it's like, oh... Like everything, it's just, it puts everything into perspective. They were talking about the racism that Columbus had, and just in his early writings, how there was an increase of racism. So, obviously, with the Native Americans, and then with the transatlantic slave trade, all of that, you know, kind of started to create the racism that we know now because. Before in Europe, there was just each country. So people were either French or like British or Spanish or whatever. But once they started to see people from other cultures, it was like, oh, we're like this concept of race was kind of born because they're finally like seeing other people. There were no white people in Europe before 1492 or quote unquote white With the transatlantic slave trade, first Indian, then African, Europeans increasingly saw white as a race, and race as an important human characteristic. Columbus's own writings reflect this increasing racism. So basically, Columbus first went, when he first came over here, he had to report back (laughs) to, you know, the queen, really just hype it up and make it seem like it was way better than it was. He was like, oh, they have so much gold, like, it's so amazing, because he wanted them to fund his next expedition where he could come with more soldiers and just more weapons and more stuff and you know just do more because the first trip they were just on their little like rinky dink boats and it was kind of just like whatever so when columbus was selling queen isabella on the wonders of the americas the indians were well built and of quick intelligence they had very good customs And, you know, they just, they're so great. And then later, when Columbus was justifying his wars and his enslavement of the natives, they became cruel and stupid. A people warlike and numerous whose customs and religion are very different from ours. So then, this was actually what I posted on my Instagram story. It is always useful to think badly about people one has exploited or plans to exploit. Modifying one's opinions to bring them into line with one's actions or planned actions is the most common outcome of the process known as cognitive dissonance. No one likes to think of himself or herself as a bad person. To treat badly another person whom we consider a reasonable human being creates a tension between act and attitude that demands resolution. We cannot erase what we have done and to alter our future behavior may not be in our interest. To change our attitude is easier. So if you believe that the people that you're wrongdoing are bad if you're just telling yourself, no, well, you know, they deserve it. It's easier to exploit them versus, you know, at the beginning, he's like hyping them up so much so he can get his next little expedition funded. It would be hard to exploit people that you think are good. So, yeah. Columbus gives us the first recorded example of cognitive dissonance in the Americas, for although the natives may have changed from hospitable to angry. They could have hardly evolved from intelligent to stupid so quickly the change had to be in columbus later in the chapter basically they're talking about how so much of our history is eurocentric and you know america was first discovered by this white european what do you mean discovered you know we when we're taught that especially in school as young children you know they make it seem like america was this wilderness you know oh my god just like this unknown land when in reality it was actually populated They had society civilization you know there was people with systems and structures and families and it was like it was already a developed place maybe not developed in the way that Europe was but it's not like it was this crazy wilderness and so much of our history is just like this is the first time a white person did it, so therefore it's the first time that it ever happened. And that's just how we're taught, and it's so dismissive of, like, everything else that's happened because it's like, oh, well, that that doesn't matter. Like, it really matters when, like, a white person did it. So long as our textbooks hide from us the roles that people of color have played in exploration from at least 6,000 BC to the 20th century, they encourage us to look to Europe and its extensions as the seat of all knowledge and intelligence. So long as they say discover, they imply that whites are the only people who really matter. So long as they simply celebrate Columbus rather than teach both sides of his exploit, they encourage us to identify with white Western exploitation rather than study it. And I think that is so true and that's really something that this book has opened my eyes to. When we're taught history in the classroom, it's being taught to us as factual and it's being taught to us so we can think of ourselves as part of this country that like people sacrificed for and like just this you know oh we're so patriotic and it's very false because you know like they say we're identifying with it we're taught to identify with it we're taught to like think of us as this like grand country like oh my god when in reality we should be studying it rather than identifying with it being with it so that we can learn what actually happened in the wrongdoings and how it affects society today and people today. Before picking up this book, I knew, you know, I think the basic example was Columbus. And I remember in eighth grade, when we had a little social studies, my teacher did say like, there's a book, it wasn't this book, but it was a different book, I think, specifically about Columbus. And he was like, yeah, like Columbus was actually, you know, we're just taught so many wrong facts about him, essentially. And it was the first time I think I really learned about that, especially in school. So instead of glorifying these historical figures to make it seem like the history of this country is like so, oh my god, like, like an action movie, oh my god. It's like, okay, everyone's a person, and especially as we get into the next chapter, they start talking about the first Thanksgiving and pilgrims, and, you know, again, we're taught that pilgrims came over here and saved this the savages and taught them so much and just like you know they wanted to explore the land for future generations when in reality most of the pilgrims just wanted like to make more money so they were like okay fine i'll like go to the new land you know whatever it's like duh like that just makes a lot more sense that's a lot more i don't know it's a lot more human it's not this like glorified action movie of heroism and white saviorism. I don't know. It's just it's just like yeah. And I think also just the fact that we're taught so much of history as facts, it's like it's not facts. In the sense of you can you can choose to interpret something so many different ways. And I think if especially in school again from a young age if we were taught to actually use our minds and question certain things or apply our own thinking to these events it would be a lot more productive yeah it would not be contributing it would not make us these like oh my god i love the united states let's say the pledge of allegiance you know oh my god christopher columbus let's make a statue of him like it wouldn't it wouldn't brainwash us but that is good which is probably why they don't do that like it's not we're not encouraged to have our own thoughts or to question history it's just like this is what it was the founding fathers shout out to them love them it's like no even if you take out all of the harmful things and all the genocide and all the slavery and you know the fact that they brought so many plagues over which i'm learning about that too and i just remember hearing like oh yeah they brought diseases over but the extent at which they did was horrific and they literally would tell themselves like wow Shout out to God for, like, wiping out these native populations for us. Like, this must be the will of God. God wants us to do this. It's like, you're just immune, and they're not, because they have never been exposed to this. Just actually, like, learning about that is so crazy. But what I was going to say is, even when you take all of that out, it's still, like, everyone's human. And to portray someone in this light of just perfection, a hero... Such oh my god. It's just unrealistic because no human is like that. And they he also kind of, the author kind of talks about that in the first chapter when he's talking about Helen Keller. You know, she's just kind of painted as this like, wow, she learned to read and write even though she was deaf and blind. You know, it's just very simplistic and kind of boring. And he says that's why so many kids are bored by history because we're not actually taught what happened. We're taught these like simplified you know two-dimensional figures that are just kind of like whatever it's boring in reality and i don't even know all of this stuff about helen keller like i think she was a socialist and she donated to like the naacp this is what helen keller said i had once believed that we were all masters of our fate that we could mold our lives into any form we pleased. I had overcome deafness and blindness sufficiently to be happy, and I supposed that anyone could come out victorious if he threw himself valiantly into life's struggle. But as I I went more and more about the country, I learned that I had spoken with assurance on a subject I knew little about. I forgot that I owed my success partly to my advantages of, of my birth and environment. Now, however, I learned that the power to rise in the world is not within the reach of everyone. You know, she's like woke of her privilege even while she's being deaf and blind and we're just not taught any of this you know we're taught that like oh yeah Anne sullivan just you know traced some letters on her hand and then she overcame it good for her she learned her manners and there was so much more to her and we're just not taught that and again it's like that's boring and it's not interesting and it doesn't encourage us to think and to connect you know past events to the present so that in the future we cannot make the same mistake everything's a scam welcome to the southern podcast welcome to america so far i would really recommend this book and i am going to continue discussing it as i keep reading it so if you can get your hands on it i would love to hear your thoughts or if you've read it before but i just feel like learning about history like actual the facts not the eurocentric not the whitewashed boring two-dimensional textbook facts <laughs> but actually reading about what actually happened. It's just so important. When they glorify Columbus, our textbooks prod us towards identifying with the oppressor. When textbook authors omit the causes and process of European world domination, they offer us a history whose purpose must be to keep us unaware of the important questions. Perhaps worst of all, when textbooks paint simplistic portraits of a heroic Columbus, they provide feel-good history that bores everyone. The antidote to feel-good history is not feel-bad history, but honest and inclusive history. If textbook authors feel compelled to give moral instruction the way origin myths have always done... They could accomplish this aim by allowing students to learn both the good and the bad. Conflict would then become part of the story, and students might discover that the knowledge they gain has implications for their lives today. Correctly taught, the issues of the era of the first Thanksgiving could help Americans grow more thoughtful and more more tolerant, rather than ethnocentric. Origin myths do not come cheaply. To glorify the pilgrims is dangerous. The genial omissions and the invented details with which our textbooks retail the pilgrim archetype are close cousins of the overt censorship practiced by the Massachusetts Department of Commerce in denying Frank James the right to speak. Surely in history, truth should be held sacred at whatever cost. Frank James, I think, was a Native American who was asked to give this speech you know, around Thanksgiving time in the 70s, and they basically, I think the government- Maybe it was a local government but they did not allow him to give the speech because in the speech he basically said like i know this is a day where a lot of people feel good but for my people this is actually a really sad horrific day because of what happened and they didn't allow him to speak about that it's like you're scared of the truth so it just really makes you question everything and i just can't believe how much i mean it's like i can't believe it but we're just scammed so much throughout our entire education if we could just actually learn actually happen but then it's like if that you know people wouldn't want to do what we've been taught to do and then the people at the top they wouldn't get them what they want which is more wealth i saw this tiktok where this girl said america is basically a huge human farm like her quality of life here is just not good it's basically just like work until you can't work anymore and billionaires oh my god i'd love to see it just kidding So anyway, that's all I'm going to talk about today. I'm so excited to continue reading this book though. So if you have any thoughts, if you have any other book recommendations, if you've read this book before, please leave a comment down below or DM me. Don't forget to tweet me a screenshot or IG story me screenshot, you know, tag me in your story of you listening so I can repost, retweet, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for watching.